This was not the way that I planned to uh, start what I was going to say today, um, but the, the, the last words there uh, that you sang, Laura, uh, that beautiful song, um, really ties in to everything we're going to talk about today. It ties into the whole season of Lent. The hardest miles lie yet ahead, the hardest miles to go, but there's never a mile I'll ever dread. While walking with God, I know, I know. While walking with God, I know, I know. That's really a faith statement that speaks to what we are as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, and what we try to not only commemorate during the Lenten time, but dig a little deeper into what that journey is about. Because as much as we might even say that, Sometimes we say it with our head and we're really not ready to follow with our body or with the rest of us yet because it just seems a little too hard. Maybe next week, maybe next year, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, clearly that was a challenge in the history of the Mormon church in this country uh, as, as they were rejected in so many places and had to keep being on a literal journey to find a place. Um, where they could uh, worship and uh, honor what God was calling them to do uh, in, in their own truth and their own authenticity. Um, and uh, so this, these words in here, I know, speak to what that's about. But in one way or another, it's part of all of our journeys. It's part of all of our lives. And, um, and so that's what we hope to speak to a little bit today, and that's uh, in a lot of ways what uh, Jesus is trying to do here in uh, this uh, passage we have today. Um, the It's interesting because it's so easy when you start this Luke passage to focus on this um, connection um, that is mentioned at the beginning. I just want to read it again. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices and he asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners? So the connection between suffering and sin in a lot of ways seems to be the topic of the scripture passage. But if, in another way, Jesus actually pivots the question a little bit and brings it to another place for us. Because truthfully, that question of the connection between did I do something or did we do something to cause our suffering gets us all tied up into knots. And we are not free to hear God, follow God, or follow on the journey. And I was very much thinking of that today um, when I don't know how many of you heard about um, the, the student out of Parkland, she was in college now, um, who committed suicide. Did you hear about her? Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher her last name. Her first name is Sydney Ayello, A-I-E-L-L-O. She had what was called survivor's guilt. She survived. And it was kind of like, what did I do wrong? Did I, what, you know, they couldn't have done anything wrong. Did I do something? You know, whatever. I mean, I think we all know the psychology of what happens inside of us when we get all tied up 
And you know what happens when we go that direction? I'm so sad for this person, but it's, Sydney is an example in little ways and big ways what happens to almost every single human being. We get all tied up into knots in this kind of cause and effect sort of thing. Why not me? Why them? Did somebody do something to cause it? It's not really helpful that sometimes religious leaders will even announce that some tragedy happened because of some big sin in our society or something like that. That just makes it worse. It just ties it up even more in knots inside of us. What Jesus wants to do is to free us to follow him and go on the journey and not get trapped by all these little games that go on that kind of start out as head games but get deep into our soul and into our bodies. And we're not able, we don't have the strength at that point to even go on the journey anymore. And we just, we just stop and we quit. So, Jesus ends up telling the story about the fig tree. It's kind of an amazing story because this um, fig tree uh, has uh, not been producing anything, right? And I, I really love the gardener in, in this story because the, the gardener says, Don't, just give me another year and I'll put manure around it. Well, I'm thinking, what were you doing for the last couple of years? Well, how were you, you were the gardener, so how are you tending this, this, this tree, right? Um, was, was that a... We don't get enough. Was that the gardener trying to say, I'll just do the same thing I've been doing? Or, or I'm going to do something maybe I should have been doing? Whatever it might be. Um, the point is that the whole image of this fig tree and the whole process of it and what kind of tending uh, this tree needs in order to grow, what kind of tending we need in order to produce fruit, what is it that we need? And we need the right kind of tending, right? You know? Um, if this is not a story about pull yourself up by your bootstraps because if, if, if I'm the tree and I, and I don't get the right kind of tending, whether it's being in a nice faith community like this or being within a, a, a fa strong family structure that, that encourages me and supports me, um, you know, if, if I'm not in that kind of environment or if I meet societal prejudices sort of things, like the Mormons did on their journey, if when these sort of things happen to us, we're not being tended to very well, and it's even harder to produce fruit, isn't it? This is a very interactive sort of process. Um, but it's also a story about how even when you produce nothing, there still is more time. There still is more time. If you if, if get the tending to that tree done, it could produce fruit next year still, despite its barrenness, despite its failure in the past. It has never, ever, ever lost. Um, so, what, what I want us to hear on this Lenten journey that we're on, just like the people of Israel for 40 years, had to go through um, is we need to beat out of our brains this kind of cause and effect sort of approach for God. Oh, this bad thing happened to me. I must not have been doing what God wanted me to do. 
love of God doesn't work by cause and effect. That doesn't mean there aren't consequences for what we do. There are consequences for what we do in this world. Sure there is. But when we get our brain caught into, well, God must not be happy with me because this bad result happened, we put ourselves in a spinning situation where you know, we can't even hear God anymore. We, we don't even know what to do. Um, and we're liable to mislead some other people in the process. The, the, that's part of what we need to change during our Lenten journey. And the real interesting question for us is are we able to change? Because if we say that we are on a journey from whatever has held us in bondage to a new freedom in God towards the promised land eternally, if we really believe that being a follower of Jesus is leading us to a, a place that's different and better than where we are right now, if we really believe that all of that is possible, can we continue to respond and do all the same things and get there? Or do we have to change? Right? That gardener, I suppose, was making some changes in how he or she was tending that fig tree. Right? And this is not a question of how young or old you are. We expect all children to change, right? We expect them to grow and develop and all of that. Well, in the spiritual development process, um, it's every day. It's, it's always there. Um, and there's always an opportunity to be opened in a new way and to see something new. And that's God's desire for us. The day we'll know we arrived is when we wake up and we are 100% convinced that we are unconditionally loved by God and there's nothing we can do to, to earn it or to deserve it. Maybe you can take a day off at that point. But until then, we have to be ready to change. So the question for our Lenten journey is what do I need to change? It's not always an action. Sometimes it's an attitude. You know? What do I need? Sometimes it's not a change that means I'm doing something. It means maybe I'm letting go of something. I'm letting go of how I view other people. You know? I'm letting go of the things that cause me to whine and wonder why someone else is getting treated better than I am. You know? Um, so, it's a lot of that. You know, the people of Israel went on that 40-year journey they thought they knew what they were going to expect and they meant that they met things out there on the journey they never expected and they had to change if they were ever going to get there. You know? So the call of the Latin journey is not to give up something like you know, chocolate or something like that. The question is how are we going to let go of something that is holding us back from really hearing God's invitation for the next step in our journey. But the other side of it, because you're not just the tree, hopefully, that's going to produce more fruit. 
You're also gardeners that God has called upon to help tend to the trees that are other people trying to produce fruit. So what are you going to change about how you're paying attention to others, what you can tend to, how you can be a gardener in somebody else's life and give them the fertilizer that they need in order for themselves to be more fruitful. So Lent is really the hardest challenge of the year. I mean, Christmas is a lot of fun. We love celebrating the birth of Jesus and all that. It's a lot more fun than the Lenten journey. Because you sang it, Laura. It's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. But in our faith, we believe not only it's worth it, but there's really no other journey to be on that can get us to total freedom. There's no other journey we could be on that can bring hope for peace in the world again. There is no other journey. And I, I don't actually mean that you, can, you can't go on this journey unless you're a follower of Jesus. I think God's so big. There's a million ways that you can understand the authenticity of what this journey is about. And it's going to be hard, but you need to go on and be committed to the fact that the love of the entire universe is what we're reaching to be part of. So this is not about a Jesus-only thing. It's the way that I have found my way on the journey. But everyone needs to find their way, but we've got to go on the journey. We can't avoid it. There's no place to sit and stop. You know? So let's bring hope to others this Latin season as well as ourselves. And let's pray for that Parkland student that didn't see a way on the journey anymore. And let us be, as we pray for her and her family, um, let us pray that we might be freed on this journey and that we might be the gardeners for others on the journey as well.